hi, hello. How's it going, everyone? My name is Heidi Kumjan. Thanks for being here, listening in to the Lifelong Podcast. Today is another fun day because I got to interview two people, this time two people instead of one. And this is the power couple behind Roots Family Chiropractic. They are located in Chicago and Northwest Indiana. Dr. Tom and Lauren Williams, they are some of my biggest inspirations when it comes to parenting. They run an awesome Instagram account and they both have their own Instagram accounts as well. All of that is linked in the show notes and we will go into detail about everything in the episode. But I really wanted to bring both of them on because Dr. Tom's background as a nervous system-based chiropractor and Lauren's background in occupational therapy creates a unique set of expertise. And they also just really have inspired me when I become a parent one day because of the way they parent. They're actually running a homestead and they are very big into holistic and brain-based parenting. They both share a lot on Instagram and I strongly encourage you all follow them both and their practice, Roots Family Chiropractic. Again, all of that will be linked in the show notes, but I can't wait for you guys to listen to this. If you're a parent, if you're going to be a parent one day, or if you're just into health, you're going to find so many tangible takeaways from this episode. They're so fun, so kind, and I loved listening to them and just having them on. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Tom and Lauren Williams. Hey, Dr. Tom and Lauren, how's it going? Going well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. I So the audience knows we were just chatting beforehand and Dr. Tom and Lauren are just people I really look up to on social media and also just as parents. Um, I'm not a parent yet, but they know so much about intentional parenting and the nervous system and everything. And I'm just so looking forward to hearing more from both of you about chiropractic and parenting and holistic living and all the things. So I'm wondering if we could start by having both of you introduce yourselves and then sharing the story of Roots. Absolutely. So I'm Dr. Tom. I opened Roots with my wife, Lauren, um, almost six years ago. We decided we wanted to live in Chicago and We were looking for opportunities to work in Chicago and no one was really working and taking care of kids like we wanted to in terms of our chiropractic practice. And so that's where we felt we had a need to open a business and start this journey. And so that's how we got started Chicago with our chiropractic practice. Yeah, we are the parents of two kids. We have an 18 month old Evie and then a just turned five-year-old Oliver. Um, and we are parents just trying to figure it out together. We kind of joke that we are starting to do a lot of things at home. We have like a tiny little homestead in a neighborhood. We have chickens, we have three garden beds. Um, 
We are home birth. Both of our kids are born at home and I am currently embarking on the journey of homeschool. So that is kind of our <laughs> life. I'm an occupational therapist by background. Um, and then of course, Dr. Tom is a pediatric family chiropractor. Love it. Yeah. And I love following along on your homestead journey and homeschool journey, all the things that I aspire to be one day when I have kids. Um, <laughs> thanks for sharing your backgrounds too. Dr. Tom, I know you have a unique story about how you shifted from being interested in, in sports chiropractic to being interested in pediatric. Can you share that little story? Yeah. And so I went into chiropractic school as an athlete, you know, a lifelong soccer player competitively. And I had an opportunity to work with uh, team doctors for the Chicago Fire MLS soccer team as well um, in a chiropractic setting. And so that's where I was going into chiropractic, thinking I could help people in pain, helping them with rehab, helping them just, you know, live life in a different way. And then I started learning what chiropractic really was, not just a treatment for pain, mm -hmm. but something that could help the entire body function better. And so I no longer wanted to go down this route to that other office setting. Um, and I was searching for something more. And I heard a story from another doctor who was presenting on a child who was diagnosed with autism around age three started seeing the chiropractor right after that specific type of pediatric chiropractor and this child who was just in his own world and not communicating verbally just a lot of lashing out a lot of meltdowns not playing with siblings through chiropractic care started to have more eye contact started to play alongside their siblings started to start to put words together to then you know, 10 to 12 months down the road of this journey, this child being able to speak full sentences and starting to live that normal life of a child. And so that's the story that I heard and saw the video testimonials with it through that time period. And that lit a fire, a passion in me that I have to take care of these kids and support kids in this way, because it not only picked impacts them now, but it impacts their entire family now and the generations to come. Wow, I just love hearing that because it's so interesting how in life we, we think we know exactly what we want to do, or we think we know how we want our life to go. And then some situation occurs or something bring us, brings us a little enlightenment, and then the whole path changes. Granted, it wasn't like, totally veering off your path. It was still in chiropractic, but I find that super cool. And the fact that you're, you're being a voice for those kids too, that, you know, need this support and need different holistic, um, holistic based therapies and things so that they can experience life in a more normal way. Um, you, you touched on the I guess you alluded to the pain-based chiropractic versus the nervous, or I'm sorry, yeah, the nervous system-based chiropractic. Can you break down the nuts and bolts of those differences? Yeah, and so most people think of the chiropractor, they think of alignment, they think of musculoskeletal, they think crack my back, make it feel better. And that's not wrong. It's just not how we practice in our office. The majority of offices do work in that way. Um, it's very good for insurance in that way. 
But when we want to impact the body in a greater way, in terms of helping the nervous system improve because the nervous system controls every cell, organ, tissue in the entire body. And so if there's dysfunction, it's going to lead to challenges. And so that's where my analysis, my chiropractic analysis, my exam is all based on how is the nervous system functioning? And then my adjustments are there to help improve that function so that our body can adapt to life stressors more efficiently so that it can truly get into a healing state. And that's why we can see a number of different changes with someone's physiology and then how their body feels as a result of that. I love that. Yeah, it's so cool that also with the work that you're doing, you can treat so many different things that one, you know, mainstream person might not think to go to the chiropractor to help with some digestive issues or, um, you know, mental fogginess or neurological issues. One might, you know, again, mainstream person might think, oh, I, you just go to the chiropractor to get your, you know, neck popped and maybe that hurts. And I don't know if I want to do that. So it's really cool that this uh, approach to chiropractic ex exists. Yeah, and it's, it's quite different than what most people think because, you know, in Western society, we're very much like we need to treat this symptom because it's a problem. In my office, you'll never hear me say treatment because then it's like, oh, the chiropractor thinks they can fix everything. And it's like, well, that's not how I approach it. And that's not how I communicate it because that it's more about, I'm not treating, you know, someone's constipate, a baby's constipation or an adult's inability to sleep or their stress or their pain or a child's inability to focus. Because if I said that, then when it didn't work, well, it's like, well, chiropractic didn't work. What mm -hmm. we're really is opening up the pathway opening up the opportunity for the body to change because we're removing that interference in the nervous system and just letting the body change. Do mm -hmm. I know what that change is going to look like? I don't necessarily, but I know that the body will heal and that I have hope for healing for everyone. And that's why we have these ama amazing changes, not because I'm pushing a button on the body for a certain challenge, but helping tune this entire system so that I can function better as a whole. Yeah. And I think it's so important to note, and this is like a philosophy that we not only use in our office, but in our own parenting as well, is that you might come in with a specific symptom. And instead of viewing that symptom as this major negative thing, which it is, it's nagging, they're annoying, you want to get rid of them. But we need to think of it as these warning signs that something deeper is happening. So if that warning sign is still going on, even after doing things, and it's just looking for the next piece of the puzzle. And a lot of times what parents don't realize is that chiropractic care can be that amazing piece of the puzzle that they're missing because they've just never heard of it. So we're really trying to be a louder voice of chiropractic care is safe. It is effective and it is so helpful for these kids and babies and pregnant women and all these people out there that are like, we've tried everything and we just don't even know where to look next. Um, he just had a, a networking opportunity with a, like a local um, physical therapy clinic for kids. And they were like, we never thought of it that way. And it's not that people are necessarily fearful of chiropractic. They just don't know the vast extent that it can be helpful because that's part on us too. We just need to continue to be that louder voice. In it. Yeah. And I, 
I think you guys are, well, I know you're doing a great job because you're also providing all this content online through social media and your videos. You have tons of videos and blog content on your website. And I think just that education component is major. And I, I know you guys are doing a great job. So I definitely commend you on that. So you guys have a special talent for working with babies and kiddos. So why is it so important to start the little one so early? Yeah, so it's important because, you know, they have nervous systems too. They encounter <laughs> stress in a, in a way that we do as adults too. It's just in different you know, exact like stressors. And so when I talk about stress, it's not just like work stress or relationship stress, although those are important. It's physical stressors, chemical stressors, emotional stressors, and babies encounter those too from, you know, mom's stress during the pregnancy or having, you know, breach positioning during that pregnancy is telling us that, that there was something going on, as well as birth is inherently a traumatic process. And more than 80% of births have some form of intervention. And there's a lot of the time babies being assisted out of the birth canal or with a C-section. And so they're being pulled on, um, whether it's gently or not. And that's going to lead to different physical stressors that they deal with and trauma. And there's, you know, mild, moderate, severe traumas that come in because of that. And those are usually babies that are very uncomfortable. They have torticollis or colic or reflux and they don't sleep well. And so those are the ones that had probably more of a severe trauma from birth because they're expressing symptoms pretty drastic. But there's a lot of babies out there that aren't expressing such severe symptoms, but they still had some form of a traumatic birth, whether it was a long labor or a super fast labor. And so that's just where I'm looking to do the assessment so that we can see how is the nervous system functioning? Because if it's not at its best, well, we're going to most likely have some symptoms come up later on, whether they're there now, but I like to be proactive for health rather than just reactive so that we can just live life to our full extent. And I know our story is a little bit different since he's my husband and he's also a chiropractor, but both of our babies were um, adjusted at 15 to 20 minutes old. So they were born, adjusted right away. That's so um, cool. <laughs> with that vitality of life from the start, which I know plays a big role in how the little humans they are today. So it's one of those things that even I can look back at my births and they weren't necessarily as maybe traumatic as some others, but it's still so important to get that started off as soon as possible and during pregnancy as well to help with the growth and development. That makes a lot of sense. You know, just hearing you both talk about it. Um, I can only imagine the disruption from birth. I mean, I don't know. I'm not well acquainted, obviously haven't had kids or anything, but just thinking about it, it's like, okay, wow. Yeah, that could cause some, some issues. And then I'm glad too, Dr. Tom, you alluded to like symptoms appearing later in life or when the kids are older, or maybe even as an adult, I'm thinking back to when I was a baby, obviously I don't have memory from when I was a baby, but 
I know that I was a really challenging baby and like never slept and always cried and like was just a nightmare. You know, of my mom's four kids, I was the worst. Um, and it makes me think, I'm like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what the birth was like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What was birth like? What was pregnancy like for mom? You know, yeah. right now we're working through some things with both of our kids and um, our births were great. But then I look back at my pregnancy and I'm like, wow, we were pregnant with Oliver. We found out we were pregnant with him the month that we started Roots. And it was one of the most exciting times of our life, but also one of the most stressful time in our lives. And that stress goes towards baby, you know, they experience it even when they're just, um, in our bellies. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how you can kind of piece these pieces and the puzzle back to even, you know, when your mom was pregnant with you for sure. Mm-hmm. Or, or before, or before. It's like, yeah. It's like our genes and our health yeah. creating that baby Tox- with. Yeah. yeah. Toxins yeah. too. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> oh my God. All the things they're exposed to nowadays. It's like, wow. Yeah. One of my friends had this amazing, I'm a huge visual person. And she gave this amazing visual of our lives being like we're on a roller coaster where we're designed to our stress hormones like cortisol. They're designed to spike when it's appropriate. If they don't spike at certain times, it's actually problematic, but we want it to be these ups and downs, right? Like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So much of us, even, even us like that, we are trying to really live this healthy lifestyle. We're going up on this roller coaster and we're stuck at the top and we just don't know how to get down and get back into that even flow. And it just, it disrupts everything in our life. And our kids are experiencing this too, just living in the state of the world that we're in. And especially with toxins, you can live an extremely healthy lifestyle in your home, but you walk outside your door and what are you exposed to? You know, when we lived in the city, it was like, we walked out, there's 5G towers, there's smog, there's all this stuff and that's stuff out of our control. So how do we continue to promote health within the walls of our home the best that we can so that they can, you know, live as healthy of a lifestyle as they can and be able to really get those ebbs and flows of proper hormones and stress hormones and all that stuff. Yeah, it's crazy too with hormones, like even the slightest, because it's in parts per million. Like, so even the slightest little change to certain hormones can throw everything out of whack. I even heard that like working out, overly working out can throw off your cortisol and like mess with your testosterone and whatever. And so it's very important to, I guess, pay attention to all the different, different things. Yeah. So my next question, this um, pertains to my fangirling over you guys as parents and being so holistic minded and and all that you're probably like this girl's like crazy but no I really really appreciate both of you and the fact that you're again sharing this online too because you're you're a resource and I I know a lot of people my age that don't have kids yet they're they're kind of scared to bring kids up in this world and I was talking to a friend last night. She, we just kind of went off on this rant about how the world is so crazy and it feels so overwhelming. And I know some friends, they don't even like want to have kids because they're just think the world is so messed up and whatever. I, I don't agree with that. But if you two could offer some advice for holistic minded parenting, you each had 
a favorite tip, what would they be? So I think my biggest tip is we have been so fortunate that with him going to chiropractic school, um, meeting these people that are so like-minded to us to really surround yourself with people that are going to inspire you and uplift you because being in this holistic journey as a parent can be really hard. It like, it really can because you're viewed as an outsider and sometimes people won't agree with you on what you're doing for your kids, even in your own family. And it's so important to really stay confident and rooted and grounded in your beliefs for your kids because you know your kids best. So if you don't have a community physical community that you can meet with or friends necessarily that you can have talks with. Social media is a great place to find these people. I found some of my best friends on Instagram and that sounds so silly. I've never met them in real life, but we talk all the time, Mm -hmm. whether Instagram or Marco Polo or on the phone or whatever it is to bounce ideas and get support from each other. So I think that's one of the best things. I mean, you, there are so many tangible tips and tricks to do for your kids when they're sick and this and that. But the main thing is just going to be surrounding yourself with people who really can uplift you and encourage you when times get hard, because there are times when I have wanted to reach for that Tylenol and I have leaned in on him and friends. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, you know, stick with what you truly believe in and your kids pay off tenfold in the long run for, for really sticking to what you think is best for them and what you think is best for your family. Well said. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean, we, you know, with, with that type of fear that you're mentioning, it's like, it's kind of our purpose to bring more light into the world. And so that's where it's like, we need to raise children to be that light and to come alongside of us with that. And so I mean, my biggest tip would be that Parents need to be their biggest advocate for their family and for their children that no other provider or no other person is going to have like that family's values as their highest priority. And so that's where it's always our choice to do what, you know, we want for our family and to make choices based on that. And that's where, you know, you kind of got to just like lean in and figure out what's your priority and really stick to that research that and commit to what your values are for your family. Wow. Both great, great tips. And it's, you know, I think it comes it like in summary, it community and a family unit are so important. And we're in a society right now too, where the family is not at a lot of people's core. And I think that's where I'm curious to hear both of your thoughts on that. I know this is a little tangent, but when the family isn't strong and supporting all, supporting their children and being an advocate for them and having each parent show up in different ways for their children, I think that's where things start to crumble. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I agree with you and it's obviously like a slippery slope to go down here, but I see... I see this in practice all the time because I take care of a lot of families. I take care of a lot of children that have some challenges that they're working through. And recently I had a dad who, you know, has his four boys and takes care of them quite a bit. I actually don't know anything about mom and that divorce, but he asked me out outright in the office with his boys present, like is, you know, a divorce parents is that stressful for kids. It's like, 
Yes, it is. And I don't know if we should talk about this right now because the kids are right here and what they hear. It's just, but it's like something to be cognizant of. And then there's, I remember another family that I had in the past in the practice um, when they were in Chicago and it was like, they had a bunch of little kids. Um, Mom and dad were both very successful in corporate America and they had two full-time nannies and their kids were kind of wild and they didn't always listen. They struggled and it's like, well, they don't necessarily always have probably the best parenting style because have four adults raising children with different values. And so it's like this, you know, mom's stressed, dad's stressed, kids are going to be stressed because they're feeding off of their parents and their desire to want to be with them. And so it's just like that matters and parents need to take that into account when they make decisions. And if their decisions are to keep working, then, well, that's where we just need to make sure we're setting the stage and expectations for what we need to work through with children like that. And I think we both grew up in very traditional American families. You know, dad goes to work, mom stays home with the kids and dad isn't really that present, you know, like shows up to sporting events, very loving, but working a lot and really have worked to switch that paradigm for our family. I mean, we have a very unique experience, right? Of being a small business owner and owning our own business. So we do have a little bit of that flexibility, but even though Tom, Dr. Tom still works a lot, we really prioritize time with our family. Like I was joking the other day, we went to Menards with the, with the whole family. Like whenever we run love errands, it, love it. With all Menards. and I'm like, hey, yeah, <laughs> my boyfriend's favorite place. <laughs> I don't think that most family, I told him, I'm like, I don't think most families like bring their kids alongside of them to go to the grocery store or to go to Menards or do all these things. Like, it's just, they see it as a hassle. But for us, it's like, we want our kids to do life with us, not parallel lives where they're with the nanny and we're, you know, doing whatever. And there's a time and place for that. Absolutely. But it's really cool to see how our kids have specifically Oliver stepped up and just want like how innately helpful he wants to be, you know, him, um, Dr. Tom and him were holding, what was it? Weed. Paper, yeah, he, wants was, to, he wants to like help me carry things. Yeah. And yelled across the parking lot, like you are the dad of the year, like having your son help. Like, these little things that impact our kids so much. And I think, that's like a major tip for parents is just let your kids get involved and they'll just change, you know, and blossom and feel so much accomplishment for themselves and raising that healthier, happier family unit for sure. But I think it's something where it's like, he's, he does it more easily now as a five-year-old and, you know, getting like five to seven to 10 year olds to do things that they haven't done in the past is going to be obviously more challenging. So I feel like it's easier now for us because we put the time in past three years, you know, having him tag along Mm -hmm. and maybe it was slower then, still slower now, actually, but, (laughs) um, but it's just like that they are willing to do it and want to participate. They really do. It's interesting. I know myself, I, it's hard for me to compare because I don't have kids, but I have nieces and nephews. And then I just think back to my own childhood and I 
I was such a curious kid. Like I was always asking questions and my favorite question was why. And I, f- I feel a lot of times parents or adults, this is me going on a tangent again, sorry. Um, I, I feel like a lot of times adults just want to give like a simple answer or not let the kids participate. And I, I'm not saying my parents did that, but I know of a lot of parents that will just be like, no, don't do that. Or I'm not going to tell you like kids are innately very curious and they want to know certain things. Obviously, you need to protect them and you're not going to like share super scary information or like graphic information with a, a toddler. Um, but I think there's probably a really good balance of of, of both of it. So yeah, anyways, totally. um, my next question is, so your approach to chiropractic is based on the nervous system. And I am very fascinated about the nervous system, um, especially in the work I do coaching my health coaching clients. And I'm always trying to teach them about different ways to balance the nervous system. Chiropractic is a great one. Besides chiropractic, do either of you have any tips um, for for both adults and kids that are good ways to nurture your nervous system? Yeah. So one would be to, I mean, there's plenty, right? It's like, right. <laughs> pick a favorite <laughs> besides chiropractic. Second favorite to chiropractic. <laughs> I mean, most recently I've been into cold plunging and how that has oh, made yeah. a massive shift in my body's physiology and it does crazy things to the nervous system because it's initial it's an initial major like stress response when you get into cold water deliberately and then it does what it needs to do physiologically and then you're going to move past that stress response and have a lot of those more balancing benefits from it for I love that I really want to try the cold plunge <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because our son does it with us as well. I mean, obviously, he doesn't stay as long in, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, yeah, I think cold plunge is a big thing that our family does that people are, like, curious about because it sounds horrible, but it's actually so much fun. And really, yeah. it really is a community thing. Like, when we have people over and they see our cold plunge tub, whenever we have friends over, we encourage them to do it with us, which is just so fun to just... That is fun. Yeah, just to allow them to experience that our family does. Um, I mean, I know that you can relate to this a lot. I'm super passionate about limiting toxins wherever it can be, whether it be in our self-care products, our beauty products, the foods that we eat, um, the toys that our kids play with, even, you know, joke that our lawn is central because we refuse to use weed killer, traditional weed killer on our lawn, but things like that, that you can easily make these ditches and switches for, for your family plays such a huge role in your nervous system and the amount of stress that your um, body and nervous system is coming in contact with. But I think for parents, um, there's such value and just when life gets crazy with kids and work and stress and life is to just not be afraid to ask your spouse to just take a few minutes. Um, I was really horrible about that and I'm getting so much better about that. And it makes such a huge impact. The last two mornings I woke up, I mean, 20 minutes maybe before the kids and just that time to just gradually wake up and kind of do something that I want to do. Um, 
was just so helpful and it just helped me be so much more grounded as a parent and happier when the kids woke up. So I think just small tips like that beneficial. I mean, the limiting toxins is probably like the biggest, most tangible way to impact the nervous system because it's not getting bombarded with stress. And so that's where it's going to be able to have change. Yeah. We've been on that journey probably about 10 years. Um, I actually got first introduced to it because I started seeing a chiropractor myself because I didn't have a menstrual cycle for almost two years. Um, and I kept getting dismissed by, you know, Western medicine that it was okay. I wasn't trying to have start a family. Um, it would start on its own, this and that. I started seeing a chiropractor for the first time and he Obviously, I was getting adjusted and then also introduced me to this world of reducing even just like the really, really basic ones like parabens and sulfates and the things that people are, the chemicals that people are really starting to open their eyes to. Mm -hmm. Um, And even just doing that, I started my cycle the following month. It was insane and I haven't looked back, you know, and Mm -hmm. do it for our kids too. And we notice that we're able to see the difference now that when we go to um, other people's houses that don't quite do the same as us, like their behavior changes. They're more fussy. I get headaches, you know, we can changes that maybe our body was able to kind of unfortunately get used to and adapt to, um, but that's a huge thing. And we, in our office, we only offer, you know, we have a diaper changing station and we only have clean wipes and clean diapers because we don't want people using those other things in our office. Are trying to you know talk about the difference in it open people's brands yeah yeah it's it's very um it almost i shouldn't say addicting but it becomes very motivating when you start ditching and switching or swapping simple swaps changing out products changing out different things that um all contribute to lowering your toxic burden and i think some people that have never done it they they feel overwhelmed and maybe like the whole mindset, everything is a chemical. Why would I switch different things? Because I'm going to keep being exposed to whatever. But people and even some of my clients, families, friends, things like that, they start by changing out their deodorant or their toothpaste. And slowly but surely, almost all of the products end up getting switched in a certain category. And then it's to the next category and the next category. And there's always ways you can be leveling up and it, you realize how much better you feel and things like that. And then also what you said about going to different people's houses or like going to a hotel and being exposed to different smells and oh my gosh, all the different things. It's like, why do I need to be in a way I'm like, oh, I'm so sensitive. And, and then I'm like, wait, no, I'm not. I'm just my body now knows to to detect things. And we became when you're so toxic or when you're using all this stuff all the time, you're, you're used to it and your body is not looking out for you as much. You know, now I use my own body as like a radar. I had a mold illness that was pretty extreme. Took me a long time to figure it out. Now I can literally tell when I'm in a place that has mold because my whole physiology changes. Um, that's a separate thing, but it's still, that's still a type of toxin. Or if there's a fragrance in a, you know, a bathroom, a public bathroom, and you use the hand soap, it's like, oh my God, I need to just bring my own hand soap. Like this is 
I think it is part of the marketing tactic is that we need more. We need a product for X, Y, and Z. And once people start swapping out things, they realize that they actually end up having less things in their home. purpose things and reuse them for different ways. But I think in terms of just like our family and when we do experience these like triggers of stress, it's just getting back into simplicity and getting back to the basics. So, you know, even when the kids are fussy, I'm like, okay, when is the last time they pooped? Do they have to go to the bathroom? Have they drank water? Have they had food? Have they been adjusted? It's like, I have this checklist of these basic things and none of those things were, do they need Tylenol? Do they need this? It's just like, let's get down to the base. We have a lot of, one of our most commonly asked questions is for our kids is what do we do when they have a fever? And people are always like, what? When we tell them the answer is like, we literally do nothing. We literally do nothing. And it's so beneficial. I mean, I don't want to say we do nothing because- they get adjusted. We get adjusted. Like, yeah. And the scheme of things is like, that's all you do? Like, Well, we, we adjust them. We understand that they're going to be fussy. We yeah. do skin on skin. We just take more time. We have more sleepless nights. It's not easier. You yeah, know, right. It's just a commitment that we've made to have them fight things naturally versus suppress symptoms. Yeah, wow. fevers are so healing which is wild to me that we grow up in this society where we need to, like, we think we need to suppress fevers. I actually got sick for the first time and like fever, like flu, like sickness this spring and had 103 fever. I thought it was going to like keep climbing. I was watching it, looking out for neurological signs, things like that. Monitoring my temperature and it was brutal. It was horrible. I I was in extreme pain. I couldn't move. It was miserable. I wanted to reach for Tylenol. Part of me did, but I knew I was not going to mess with the acetaminophen. (laughs) Um, But that would be the easier route, you know, to just take a Tylenol. But then I I, I was thinking to myself and I'm like, I know that fevers are good for me and this is how you teach your immune system and everything. There's actually studies showing that um, those that experience childhood illnesses like measles, mumps, um, forget the other ones, but w- with the high fever, I think even chicken pox, those that experience the high fever um, earlier in life have a much lower rate of cancer later in life, which I found super interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a whole different subject um speaking of subject changes you guys had a post you've done a couple of posts about behavior and i am personally very fascinated by this just because um i grew up babysitting and i've always loved kids and i'm very observant and i have nieces and nephews and i i just love observing behavior and things like that um but you you had this post that said Instead of viewing bad behavior as a negative thing, what if we viewed them as a signal into something deeper? Can you expand on that? Yeah. And so, I mean, there's behaviors that we see that, you know, we think we need to discipline out or parent out. And that might not be the case, right? Behaviors are a window into the brain and how it's working and how it's functioning and what it's feeling. And behavior can be just a response to physiology. 
So if the physiology is under stress and that kid's having anxiety inside that we don't necessarily know or clinically diagnose, would it make sense that they're more irritable or that they're more impulsive or that they're more shy even? And it's like, if we just try and train these kids to be the way that we think they need to be, did we take care of the root cause of the problem? And that's where in my practice, I've seen a lot of kids that have behavior issues, but in reality, they have physiology issues. And when we change their physiology, we're able to see these behaviors change without actually even do anything with them. And so that's where we're doing this with chiropractic care, but we also just started a new program called Brain Blossom, where we're looking at childhood development through a different lens. And that's where we have that video series that really talks about it in a different way because kids can have primitive reflexes still present that's leading to different behavioral changes that they're experiencing. Or when they have stress on their brain from different stressors that they've dealt with, what we know about the brain is that the brain's not going to develop the way that it should. And then we're going to have certain behaviors like hyperactivity or lack of focus or you know, impulsivity. And so that's where it's not something that we need to just discipline harder necessarily. Times need a shift in parenting style. Absolutely. You know, we kids are innately going to push boundaries. That's a part of development. And so that's where we just need to know how to parent them in a brain-based way so that we can see like, oh, this is them doing this. This is a developmental change. Oh, my child is lying, starting to lie. Well, now they, they're lying because they can actually visually process in their head like, oh, if I tell the truth, I'm going to get in trouble. That's a form of development versus just like mm. acting and not having a clue. And it's actually very intelligent and like yeah. really it's it's a it's actually a huge milestone when your child starts to do those things that you should not celebrate that they're lying, but celebrating right. that they're going on this trajectory. One of the things that we talk a lot about, instead of using the term of intentional parenting, which I love that term, but using going a step further and using the term brain-based parenting. So not only are we, you know, using kind words with our kids and being respectful of them when we you know, want them to be respectful to us and those sorts of things, but looking deeper at a brain-based lens, like why are they doing what they're doing? Um, even in terms of behaviors, our 18-month-old right now, I mean, she is into everything. And it can be so easy to be frustrated. And it can be so easy to hear other parents saying, oh, she's just trying to take advantage of you. She's getting into everything. But when you view it as a brain-based lens and look at her de developmental trajectory, her biggest tools right now that she explores and learns and views life is by touching, is by movement. So if we were to, if we were to, you know, discipline her and say, don't touch that, don't get into this and rip away those tools that are her most efficient tools to view her world, we're actually doing her a big disservice. So it's creating an environment for your child that is a safe environment for them to explore and use the tools that they are, um, that are most efficient, efficient for them to, you know, their world and when you were asking earlier like you know you being the kid that asked why 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 you know we're in that with our with our son and it's like all these questions and his most efficient tool right now he's getting into like the more advanced verbal you know he mm -hmm. wants to 
that is his tool. So if people are like, oh, your kid is so annoying. They're asking so many questions and they just suppress that, that that's also going to be doing a disservice. So it's finding that balance of letting them use their most efficient tools and also, um, you know, doing it in a respectful, meaningful, purposeful way. I don't know if you have anything mm-hmm. to add to that. That's all. No, that's, that's awesome. I, I think most people aren't aware of of that. So it's good that you guys are offering resources on that. And you said you have a course. Yeah. So program? Website, we now have a brand development video series that people can watch. And so it's on our website. There's a pop-up. They request access to it and it's five short videos so that just start to view the brain in a different way. I mean, even adults can use this tool for themselves to just start to see I'll like people, adults deal with brain development issues too that are yeah. just locked patterns. And you're like, oh, geez, look at, look at Bob. He's like <laughs> to do this. And this is why I love analyzing. Yeah. yeah. And then for parents, <laughs> have them start to view their child in a different way, not in a way of like, oh, they're broken, but it helps you start to look at them differently so that you can support them in the most efficient way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it talks a lot about watching and wondering your child. So just watching them and observing them. And I think as parents, we're like, how can we act now? And sometimes you just need to take a step back and just observe what your child is observing in their world and, and what they're going through. And that first step of just observing and wondering and, you know, like you said, understanding can go a long way um, in, in deciding what are the next steps you should take for your child. So yeah, the video series is great. It's also in our Instagram bio. If you click the link tree link, you can um, access it there as well. Perfect. Speaking of other resources, that's awesome. Do you (laughs) have any, um, I guess, where can everyone find you and what other resources should they be on the lookout for? In closing. (laughs) Yeah. Final Um, resource. You can find our office page on Instagram at Roots Family Cairo. Um, and then our website is rootsfamilychiro.com. So pretty easy. And then you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, I'm pretty active on my own Instagram page as well. It's Growing May is my Instagram handle. Um, and then your Instagram. Dr. Tom Williams. DR Tom Williams. On our website, we have the video series. We have uh, uh, free ebook on development and then just lots of different blog posts and videos to share about um, health, what we're doing, how we can take care of the body differently. Awesome. And I'll be sure to link all of that. And yeah, thanks again, you guys. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. (laughs) 